and welcome to another episode of Things and Stuff, the show where we talk about things and stuff. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy, alongside my best friend and co-host, Alex. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I did a bad thing today. Oh, no. What'd you do? So, I there was a <laughs> moment where I kind of just stopped clicking on emails that I wasn't interested in. Mm. And that moment was a long time ago. Oh, no. I had a little bubble above my email thing on my phone that said 3,214. Oh, I would die. I would legitimately pass out. I got real annoyed with having to sift through emails that I'm not going to read to find the emails that I am going to read. So here's the bad thing I did. You hit mark all red. Mark all as red. That red bubble is gone, and those emails are long forgotten. I don't know which is worse, the fact that you didn't read 3,000 emails or the fact that you said that you did read all 3,000 emails. Here, here's the thing. Most of them, junk mail, I, as you know, I'm job hunting right now. When you're job hunting, you get nearly 3,000 emails a day. Hmm. So most of them are just like useless hey, here's an update on your search. Mm. There's a lot of that crap that it's just like when you get seven of them and you've, you're tired of unsubscribing, you just kind of move on. So that's what I did. And lo and behold, I think my phone's probably running better. I feel like... Without that big looming notification. I understand where you're coming from on that aspect. But I have like an email that is junk email that I don't even read. You know, yeah. nobody emails me on that. And then I have my personal email and I have my work email. Yeah, my personal email is what used to be my work email because uh-huh. I used to be a freelance designer. Yeah, but that one is more like everybody emails me on that one. Yeah, but then I have my work email that I have to read everything in the work email. But that's the thing; like you're doing a job application, you have to give them the email that you're gonna check. So then that's they send you all bold of those play, bold play. What? <laughs> um, let me. It worked out well for me. Let me. I haven't missed anything. Quick. Well, that's good. Nothing bad has happened. I mean, so as far as I know, maybe somebody died. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, let me tell you a quick, quick story of what happened last night. Right? Oh. So last night we get back from our weekend away, right? Uh-huh. Camping. Come home, and I am. It's like, it's like nine o'clock. I am tired, and I have a lot to do. You know, so I unpack a little bit, start a little laundry. Got to get ready for work in the morning. I'm like clean it I'm, I'm gonna go take a shower blah 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 so then i go into the bathroom take a shower and i go in and right above my door is the the biggest spider oh yeah that has ever been in this apartment not that i've ever seen but that has ever been in this apartment it was huge it was like i'm trying to give a okay so the problem was not how big it was it's how fat it was so mm. it wasn't like uh six inch long daddy long leg you know uh-huh it was a smaller one but it it was fat you know yeah i don't like those oh man that was scary i hate dealing with spiders i feel like sure we talked about that on the podcast but oh my gosh i'm not like i have to be manly you know sometimes when dealing with spiders i think we talked about this i think we probably have act like you you're not too scared yeah of you spiders. walk through it you walk, walk through, through the, the spider web, web you don't but mind. Yeah. and then when like natalie asked me to kill a spider i'm the one that goes and does it um but this time i'm like oh man i didn't want to do it i don't know if i've talked about this but i don't kill spiders yeah we did talk about this okay because I, I dealt with one that was about the size of a uh, half dollar, mm-hmm. either last night or the night before. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there. T- Wait, so how do you... D- I feel like you have to get closer to it to not kill it. You sure do. And that's why I got to kill it. So here's the thing. I just don't like killing it. Mm-hmm. I don't like killing things. Anyway, uh, I was talking to Erica. We were just sitting on the couch mm-hmm. talking, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this big black shadow mm-hmm. moving across the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's a big old spider. Mm-hmm. First of all, bless you. 
Oh. I wish I had a button where I could mute your mic. Oh, like, like a, a little, little cough mic? Yeah. A little cough button? Yeah. yeah. They have those, you know. Yeah, but we don't have those. No, I know, but th- those <laughs> exist. <laughs> yes, you I can do. get a cough button. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I see the spider, and I know that it is going to be my duty to take care of the spider. Mm-hmm. So, what I try to do is. I'm going to ca- pause you for just one second. What? Oh, yeah. Our mics are so close together. How would that work? Would we both need a cough button, or the cough? Like, I don't want to mute you, but you would. My cough would still be picked up. Or we, we would have our own cough button. Yeah. It would just be quieter rather than like me coughing or sneezing right next to the mic. It'd be you sneezing I'm sorry, and you just my you mic had my head spinning, and then I was like, okay, well, it's, it's your job. You didn't want to kill it. You realized that it. Was we also need be. to look into like doing some noise gating and some things like that to yeah. see if we can even greater like i want to kind of improve it so that we can be a little further away from the mic but then get close and do that really funny thing anyway spider eric and i sit on the couch i realize it's my duty to go and take it because i don't like the spider to die i would like to just put him outside so carrying on this conversation with my wife i go and i get a cup and i get a piece of paper and i just real casually pull a chair up to the wall in which the spider is hiding and I am maintaining the conversation, stand up on that chair, and I see Erica's face just go, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> thank you for not pointing that out ahead of time. Because <laughs> at that point, I was, I was already re- like locked and loaded, ready mm-hmm. to put the cup on this thing. Mm-hmm. I get it on there, and he is pissed. He is putting up a fight. I, it was like, here's, here's how you know. So I put... Usually, I'm used to catching spiders in glasses. Mm-hmm. You just catch it, it, put the paper underneath, and walk it outside. Mm-hmm. When I put this thing in there, there was a noticeable ding when it bounced off of the inside of the glass. Like mm-hmm. it was a, I, I heard this spider mm-hmm. making contact with the glass. Mm-hmm. I've never heard a spider making contact with the glass. Mm-hmm. The only thing I've heard, our old apartment used to have centipedes. I remember you told that on the show. To our new, our wonderful new apartment. It, that was a, the biggest spider I've ever seen in my entire life, but mm-hmm. at least it wasn't a centipede. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, ten times worse. Yeah. They're so fast and so scary. So in the same way that you, like, took charge in that moment, yeah. there have been... I'm always the spider killer, bug killer, or bug escorter outer of the apartment or wherever we are. There have been two mm-hmm. moments that Natalie has had to step up to the plate. Oh. One, I was driving... <laughs> and oh. there was a spider on my back or something like that. <laughs> and she was very brave. She had to like she was very scared for a split second. She's like, Oh my god, there's a spider on you. Don't move. And then she brushed it off and like shoot it out the window. Like nice. threw it out the window or whatever. Very well. Like done. she put it yeah, she it was very impressive. And she handled that so well. And then after it was gone and dealt with, then she started freaking out about it. Yeah, sure. Um, the second time was actually this weekend. And there was apparently a spider dangling from my face. Ooh. Um, this spider was about the size, maybe half the size of an ant. Okay. Tiny little so thing. So barely a spider at that point. <laughs> barely a spider. But at that point, is a spider scarier than an ant? No. Okay. No. I feel like if it gets bigger than the ant, then we have problems. I feel like the only time spiders are actually like a is when they're huge. Yeah. When they're like but regular bug size, it's like it's yeah. bug. Good point. Good point. Um, I remember our older mate, Nick, good buddy Nick. Um, he was like the first time that he had cleaned his room in as sure. long as he lived with us. <laughs> a year and a half. I don't know. And so he finally was cleaning his room. I don't know. Wh- I, I don't know what I did to tell him to clean up his room, but he cl- was cleaning up his room. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was him and Sean. Might have been him and Kira. I don't know. 
But he starts cleaning his room, and they stumble. And I wasn't at the apartment at the time. I was, like, in class or something. And they stumbled upon a wolf spider. <laughs> Aragog himself, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. And they stopped cleaning the room. And they were like, yeah, it's in a cup in my room or something like that. And they just, like, left it for a while. <laughs> and then they had to kill it somehow. And this whole ordeal I wasn't there for. But it was hilarious at the fi- time he finally cleans his room. That was terrifying. Yeah, you know, he gets the biggest spider ever. Um, all right. So. We asked, we asked everybody all the time, can you help us come up with a topic, uh-huh. uh, something to talk about on the show? And I feel like more of you guys need to email your topics and things to say your thing at gmail.com. It doesn't even have to be a topic. Like, if you have a question that you don't think is going to be a topic, but you just, like, want to ask, like, just give us, we'd love to do, like, reading some emails and, like, responding to just random questions or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be a whole topic, mm-hmm. if that's what you're nervous about, or, yeah. or like... I don't know. It would be fun to get some email, yeah. read it on the show. So we asked Natalie um, to do the same thing. And she said, because uh, she was making fun of the fact that we probably are making up a lot of the stories that happened to us when we were kids. She was like, re- don't rewrite your favorite movie. Re- rewrite a childhood memory. And I was like, hold on. There's a, there's an idea somewhere there. Uh-huh. And I, was, I went down the movie path. Yep, and it's like I don't want to rewrite movies because we we've done that before, not on the show. But I'm like, we don't have time to rewrite a movie right now. But then I was thinking about, um, and then you said something, and I was like, oh, put those two ideas together. So my thing for today is, what are some of the best movie concepts? So now the movie might not have been that great, or it might have been amazing, uh-huh. you know. But the concept was something that was so like that is such an interesting thought. So for example, The Matrix. It's a very old allegory, you know, of man in the cave and stuff like that. And they were just told in an interesting way. But still, a great concept, you know, that you are, your life is a simulation, you know? Yeah. Interesting concept. Um, The Truman Show, similar vein. Yeah. Your life is, everything around you is acting like people are, you are the star of a reality show. Uh Uh-huh. Like That's also a good concept. Um, I'm not going to just name all these because I don't want to steal. Here's another one. Inception. Uh Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, sharing sharing dreams and using dreams to pull a heist, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So concept. I want to hear what some of your favorite. Okay, wait, I got one more as an example. Back to the Future, one, two, and three may not all be the best movies, but the fact of how like going back in time, going forward in time, but dealing with the same storyline but a different like good concept. Yeah, well executed too for the first one. Yeah. Um, so though laying those out there and I feel like in my mind, all my examples kind of have the same like mind bending attribute, like feature to them. Yeah. It's not cause I'm, what I'm trying to go for is not just what, what's a great story or what's a great storyline, but just the, con- the concept of it was like, it's very interesting. You know? Yeah. So I want to hear what some of your thoughts are. And then I have more examples that I can give about, but then I'll give you some of mine. I think my favorite, like the first thing I thought of, and I think it's, it, might just be in part because it's probably the most recent movie I've seen, but either way, no, it's not the most recent. Anyway, Avengers Infinity War is a heck of a concept. The thought that you can spend over 10 years building to this moment Mm -hmm. with like 18 different characters is awesome in and of itself, but then you go ahead and you make that movie almost entirely about the villain who has had almost zero screen time. Like you, you build all the way up to this, and then the the characters that you've spent ten years with are not even like the main part of the movie. It's awesome. It's like such a good like 
So it was a perfect yours in this one. It's more about the the structure of it the, and the, the motif yeah, of like how the, it focuses on the villain. I feel yeah. like mo- no other movie could have done it how they did it. Yeah, exactly. To have to have a, a movie about a villain, a villain that you I like already that you, fear. you care so much about all of the other characters, and you really don't know all that much about the villain, and to have it centered around him is awesome. I think one of the best things about it like okay so in a trilogy generally the second movie is the strongest mostly because you have done majority of your character building already in the first movie that you don't Mm -hmm. need to start from scratch and build the characters over again yeah you you can get straight into telling the story and i feel like more than anything infinity war had 10 years 18 movies worth of all story building that it was able to just get into like the motives yeah, well, not even the, or the the nuance of the villain, yeah. which is very cool. Yeah, you get into the nitty gritty, but yeah, just it's just a cool, brilliant concept. And I know that they're not the first to do it, but it's just yeah. they they are the first movie franchise to do it mm-hmm. as well as they did it, but mm-hmm. at the scale they did. Yeah, um, for me, as you know, my favorite director is Christopher Nolan. Yep, you can pick any movie from his catalog. Yeah, and it is all about these. Like he in like thrives on these type of concept movies. You know? Yeah, um, some executed better than others. I just still love all of them. But um, I'll limit myself to three of his movies, and I'll start with which is one of my favorite movies, um, The Prestige. Oh yeah, like okay, so this one you can't really t- okay. I can't really tell the concept without spoiling it. Try it. Yeah, it's, that's a tough one. Okay. But I'll say I enjoyed the concept of that movie as well as the execution. But yeah. I'll go to two other ones because um, I feel like I can talk about them a little bit more. Yeah. I think some of my favorite thing about Christopher Nolan's movies, because like, I was thinking about his I was the Inception was the other movie that I thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think some of my favorite things about his concepts are kind of the mechanics behind the concept where the, mm-hmm. like the prestige is kind of, is all mechanics. It, yeah. The whole movie is about magic. Mm-hmm. And then like the movie itself is kind of a magic trick in yeah. some ways, like, uh-huh. like just in the way the story is told, well which said. is cool. Well said. And then like, it's the same with like Dunkirk is a story, like a very linear story that is told in such a weird, like Christopher Nolan, like time bending mm-hmm. way. So what I was going to say is that what he likes doing most is telling stories non linearly. Like yeah. he's telling he's telling stories where time is the variable. You know, mm-hmm. so like generally in a movie, time is the consistent. There's a beginning, middle, and end, and you're going with through the story with the characters. Like th- th- those things are changing. In all, in almost all of his movies, it's the other way around, where you are. Like with characters in different moments, and the time, you don't know where you are in the story a lot of times. Yeah. So, um, but what's hilarious is that his brother is the exact same way. So his brother co-wrote most of his big movies with him. Co-wrote Interstellar with him, and um, B- Batman Begins, and The Dark Knight, and mm-hmm. everything like that. But his brother is the lead showrunner and writer director for Westworld. Him and his wife. Christopher Nolan, Jonathan Nolan and his wife. I forget what his name is. That's neat. 
but his his wife is also an amazing director like or she's not even just amazing director but more so like on the cinematography side yeah I, i'm doing her such a disservice by not remembering her name um but yeah so and i'll look it up in a second but um they both they all love telling the three of them all love telling stories non-linearly that's cool but a great example of this is in uh, Memento, which has a really great concept. Yeah. And it is about a um, guy who has, like, no short-term memory, and he has amnesia or something like that, and so he can only remember in spurts of a time. Yep. And you're trying to figure out what's going on, and you, like, keep going back. And it's, like, a, a, this huge mystery of how this all happened. And That movie does, like, the storytelling through somebody's perspective so well. Because, like, you feel... You feel like you should know what's going on that entire movie, and, but you're realizing things at the same rate that the main character is realizing things. You may be realizing different things than he's realizing, but it's like you're getting, you're remembering things in the same way that he is, which is really cool, I think. Yes, and I had to look it up because I have to, like, get this off my chest. Her name is Lisa Joy, an amazing screenwriter, director, cinematographer, and producer. What's also interesting is that Christopher Nolan's wife is a producer, one of his producers. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Their wives are in the business. <laughs> That's, man, yeah. what a what a dinner party that must be. <laughs> Seriously, you know? the brain trust. They they definitely are eating like dessert first, <laughs> and then <laughs> nice. inter- like there's just like a slice of like uh, just a pizza inside mm-hmm. their ice cream or so, like just like a little like oh I didn't realize that we were having <laughs> sauce on the ice cream tonight. What a <laughs> I, I like that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I also like the concept of. Um, interstellar and yeah. how they dealt with like how the reasons how why they mess up time is different in all of them which i think is they, they find a way to sc- screw with time like one is this guy has amnesia and this one you're on a different planet that has different gravitational pull so yeah time is like relative um but enough with the nolan movies even though yeah. i love them and can talk about them <laughs> we i could, have to, yeah. I, I have to um point out one that i think that you'll enjoy another one uh Live, die, repeat. Oh yes, that, that is another. Is a that's a great concept. concept. I'll let you take it from here. Live, live die, die, repeat is basically Groundhog's Day mixed with Groundhog's Day is a great one too. That's yeah. a great concept too. Yeah, I think that the whole Groundhog's Day concept, the the thought of just like reliving a day over and over and over again, is one of those things that you can really explore inside. And I think Groundhog's Day does it better than all of the other movies. To where like okay. So anyway, I lived, I'll go with Live, Die, Repeat first. Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow, depending on when you saw it or where you saw it, is a Tom Cruise action movie about an alien invasion, except he is killed by an alien and then wakes up at the beginning of the day on which he died. So this whole movie is him waking up, going into the same battle and getting a little further in this battle, like a video game almost like getting, working his way through this battlefield, trying to figure out a way to defeat the alien invasion before he's killed again and has to restart his day over. It's a really cool concept. Um, it's, I compared it to groundhog day just because of the living through the same day over and over again. But what I love about groundhog day is the fact that it, he like, they really get weird with it to where it's like, okay, at first he's having fun. Groundhog's Day. Yeah. They really get weird with it to where it's like, okay, well, he's just kind of having fun at first, like goofing around, like, oh, look at that. I can do anything I want with no repercussions. And then it starts getting really dark because it's like, I've been living the same day over and over and over again, and I can't die or nothing happens. Like, nothing changes for me. And it's really cool how, like, I think that's why Groundhog's Day does that 
so well it's just because they are not afraid to get a little dark with well, the concept i think that um live die repeat or what was the other name of that movie yeah uh edge of tomorrow, edge of tomorrow. But that one it addresses what you're talking about in an, another way where yes. it, i think it's um, a good way it's because he's not just living through each moment he has to die over and over and over again and i think they focus on like it's yeah. battle like it's not it's not like he was trying to find his love or something like that. He's like f- fighting aliens and he's like learning a little bit more each time. And I think that it's like, no, again, Oh, it's great. Great concept. It's Do you great. know who else did that pretty well, surprisingly well? They're coming out with a sequel to that movie, I'm by the way. I'm interested in that. I don't know how uh, that's going to work, but yeah, we'll I, I, I'm interested. Um, do you know who else did that really well or fairly well? Uh, the Netflix original movie no. when we first met. I think I talked about this. It was a uh, romantic comedy that Netflix put out where it has Groundhog Day like things. This guy, uh, this dude, I forget what his name is. Uh huh. The guy from uh, Oh my gosh. He was in Modern Family and he was in uh, Workaholics or something. There we like go. That. Workaholics. There we go. Yeah. And so he, um, you know who we're talking about. He gets into this photo booth and he can go back. In. So he's trying to get this girl right. Uh-huh. So it's a romantic comedy. He's trying to get the girl. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back. And, uh, first of all, he's been friends with this girl for a long time. And he thinks that if he had ma- made a stronger move to be a love interest rather than a, a friend, he could be with this girl. So he goes in this photo booth and is able to go back in time. Right? Ah. But the thing is, and he's, gets, he's back in time for a day. So he gets to like have their first meeting, like play out their first meeting. And then he goes to sleep. And he's back in present time. What's awesome about what this movie does versus Groundhog's Day is he's living with the repercussions of what happened, like, on the day he was, like, ten that he lived ten years ago, which is or yeah, ten years ago. Yeah. So they're playing like almost the okay. opposite end of Groundhog's Day, where That's they're doing cool. repercussions. So like he goes and he's like really suave and he uh-huh. like gives like kisses her like and blah 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 on the first night or whatever and then he comes and he's like he goes back to the future and he's just like a total tool and a douchebag or whatever and he's just like oh, oh what and he's like yeah I guess this is the person I am now <laughs> you know so then he goes back in time and then he's like you know what I think I just needed to be more responsible or whatever and so then he goes and he's like a complete like his future is completely different like from cool. his repercussion and then it sh- oh, they did it pretty well and That's it was a surprise it was a better romantic comedy than it had any right to be Speaking Netflix of, has been doing some pretty good original. They have been doing a lot of good original stuff. Speaking of romantic comedies that have really great concepts, Five Hundred Days of Summer. I this is another good nonlinear story. It yes, because it, 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 it goes it, a little bit back and forth. It goes yeah, like it, it three steps l- forward, yeah. one step back, three steps forward. Yes, I think uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer is a movie that tells the like whole arc of a relationship so well. Like I don't know. It th- there's never I don't the I can't whole think of another arc of movie. a failed relationship. Sure. Very yeah. Well. Just yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Of course. Of a failed relationship. It it just does it so well. Like from the very beginning. Uh, well, from him like going the through opening, a breakup. Or I would just say from the opening narration where it says this is not a love story. Okay. Good. Yeah, there you know? go. Yeah. From yeah. right. So there, you know you know from the beginning you don't because the whole move like the whole time going through you're like oh wait I think it is and then it just sets itself up like it's a good. It, it's great a re- it's a really really great concept and it's also like it it's told from a male's perspective which i feel like is not super common mm-hmm. when it comes to like rom-coms hitch is an, uh, hitch is another one i think that's a notable exception there I, well, <coughs> most i feel like most rom-coms are not from the I male's perspective i would say about 40% of romantic comedies are from the male's expe- perspective but not told honestly 
Yeah, or, okay, uh, yes. Not told from not the like for example, I feel like a lot of the Jack Black genre type of okay romantic yeah, sure. comedy or this one the the uh, one we first met it is from the guy's perspective maybe the, you know yeah, but this it's one not is just not a it's not a love story it, it it is more of an honest telling of how you can fall and for somebody and it doesn't work out and you, you have to figure out what to do about it like i it's feel like it doesn't ha- it's not leaning into the comedy aspect it's more leaning into the like it felt just more like a rom- like an indie romantic thing or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely just more of do. an indie film. But yeah, man, it's a great, that's a great movie. Great soundtrack too. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. love that guy. And Zoe Deschanel, she seems. I feel like nice. there, uh, the, all the movies I think have great concepts, or most of them, I think do tell nonlinear stories and deal with um, some sort of ambiguous timeline. Um, I, I, I have love another a great one. Timeline. Um, but I don't know if I want to say it now because I, I don't know if it's I, like I, it's another one. I don't want to spoil the movies, but I will say I think you, sh- everybody listening, should go watch the movie Arrival. Ooh, yeah, that one, beautiful concept about uh, aliens, an alien invasion, um, and dealing with uh, linguistics, like how you communicate with aliens. Like what would actually happen in an alien invasion? Yeah, uh, it was just trying not just it wouldn't. An alien vision that doesn't begin in just all-out war. Yeah, like exactly. One where they just come and it's peaceful but strange. Yeah, and so uh, how would the world communicate? How would the world communicate with these aliens and stuff like that? Oh, it was, that it was very so good. Concept. It's so like it's so like somber and like w- like just well weird paced. the whole time. It's very well paced, and then when you realize what the story is that they're telling, it's like oh man, it's tragic. Yeah, great, good. Oh, movie. It's, it's awesome. Another another one in a very similar vein. Well, I, I guess I would only put it in a similar vein just because it has a very similar feel to it. It's mm-hmm. a very different movie, but Annihilation is a really cool... I think they have one of my favorite sci-fi concepts that, that I've seen. Department? Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. You should see Annihilation. Annihilation is really cool. It looks too scary for Natalie, so I didn't... Really it's... Oh, yeah. Natalie won't. Scary. Natalie's not going to be into she that. She liked... Okay, first of all, if you are worried about that, Arrival is not scary. So no, Arrival's not go, scary. You should go see Arrival. Arrival's not scary. Arrival is tense in times, but there, I, there's never there's never a moment where there's like a jump scare or anything like yeah. that. It's but this one is more of a horror type... Or it, more it, scary. It just has a lot more like very shocking moments in it that I think are not... Not suitable for those that are going to maybe freak out because it's it is a, Annihilation is a very tense movie, but it's about basically this anomaly, some sort of scientific anomaly hits Earth, and they're sending people in to figure out what's going on. But the whole movie really like the plot doesn't matter a whole lot. It, the whole movie is really like image heavy, mm-hmm. like where it's a lot of. I've been trying to figure out a way to say like, you know the way poetry is written in mm-hmm. a way that it's like okay this is telling a story but like it, the story may not be what you're trying to get out of this it's mm-hmm. more of the metaphor behind whatever the words are saying mm-hmm. the, uh, Annihilation is a very similar movie I don't know what's with you today but you are very well spoken in all of these uh, analogies and thank you together. This is, I'm like wow you're, that was very well said you should see Annihilation it does, really cool, it does really cool things the soundtrack is awesome it's got uh, this weird like for a sci-fi soundtrack, you expect a lot of synth wave mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It does this cool thing where it does that, but it also does like some like country ballads here and there, and it's like v- it feels right. It's I don't know. It's a cool movie. Gosh, I want to see that. I think it um, might be on Amazon soon if it's not already. 
it's on Amazon right now, I think, but I think you have to pay for it. It's like $3 rental or something like that. Oh, man. Because they, cause they, uh, they did some of the distri- distribution, so I just assume it'll be on Prime eventually. Yeah. Either way, worth a watch. Good movie. Any, any other good ones that come? There's so many, and I, I feel like... Ex Machina, same director as Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Ex Machina? I have seen that. That's a great... Okay, so I like this one. I like where you're going with Ex Machina because we're getting out of the time... Uh, hole that I was yeah. stuck in about movies that have great uh, nonlinear stories that deal with time. This this concept is about um and I full it's circle full yeah. circle. This is so if you were taking Westworld, half of the story, like half of the yeah, thing is that it's, it's nonlinear. The other part of the biggest and most uh, hand over fist message of Westworld is when does artificial intelligence become human? You know, yeah. At what point is artificial intelligence no longer like technically artificial? Like what what makes what makes you a person, yeah. right? And so like uh, people dehumanize these robots so much in both Westworld and in um, Ex Machina, but like the story of like this AI robot that is almost the Pinocchio story, yeah, kind of about like wh- like being a real person, yeah, and then trying to get out. Oh man, Ex Machina is a really good movie. It's amazing what that movie does with three people. three and a half characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to that point, I have to mention. Uh, I, I I said it like twice, and I didn't talk, shout it out that Westworld has one of the best TV show concepts about bringing the Ex Machina aspect, uh, messing with like the timeline of the story and everything like that. It's just that one is a beautifully told story as well on uh, HBO, and then. Um, thinking when you when you said ex machina and i said that she's trying to get out or whatever it made me think of a movie that has another good concept that um the island do you remember this movie the island okay so no. this there's no spoilers because they, if you watch the trailer for this or even know what i'm talking about the whole trailer spoils the sto- like the concept of it sounds about right but the joy of it is the ride you go along so in the future this this not so distant future we are farming clones we are making clones uh-huh like the wealthiest of the wealthy have enough that they can uh, cloning technology has gotten to the point where we can make 100 percent identical clones and they are storing them on this island facility somewhere like on the west coast off the west coast and when and so it, it is in in hopes of living forever so Interesting. when you start dying and you, Alex, real Alex, need a liver transplant, you go and farm it. You take it off of your clone. Oh. Right? And so this one, like what we just talked about in Ex Machina or Westworld, it deals with the humanity aspect. Okay. And it stars Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. A oh. young Ewan McGregor, young Scarlett Johansson. Oh, man. And so... and um, That sounds like a cool thing. Yeah, and so they're both... Okay, and what's really messed up is that, like, all these people are on the island, and it kind of feels like jail, but they're, like, they're doing the same thing every day and whatever, blah, 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 and um, they're working. Oh, so the clones are, like, oh, they're not in some sort of, like, pod or anything. No, they are alive and sentient and whatever like Good that. Good Lord, that is oh, dark. Yes, and in order, like... Everybody, in order to get them to work or do whatever, they um, say, like, every day or whatever, um, someone will wins the lottery to get, take a vacation off the island. <laughs> Winning the lottery is not a... Like, they don't know that, but it's not a good thing because it means that the quote-unquote real you is dying. 
And so then, like, oh. and so you are, like, it is, me- it, like, the concept is so interesting, but it's also really messed up, you know? Because, I can't believe I've never seen this. Oh, uh, watch it. I'll just watch the trailer for it. And it's like, it's another chase thing because they try to escape. There's also, uh, this know. one reminded me of Altered Carbon, the mm-hmm. show on Netflix. That is, it's a very similar concept. And I've talked about that on the show, but it's, that one is a, that's one that I think the concept is cooler than the execution. I think the execution is a little grotesque. This looks like an older movie than the one I'm talking about, but uh, the the concept I thought was really interesting. Another one, um, the, the Adjustment Bureau with Matt Damon is another similar concept. Running around, like, it's drama, science drama, whatever. Uh, you, know, you know what had a good concept, but mm-hmm. just didn't, didn't nail it? Hmm. Um, is that Spectre, the James Bond one? Yeah, the, the, whatever, whichever James Bond movie. Yeah, we just is, talked about where they tried to they try to tie them all together. Mm-hmm. If if they had been able to do that to make it like, oh man, there's a huge secret organization mm-hmm. like that is actually bad against mm-hmm. that is out to get MI6. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be really cool. Put some weight to it, and then it was like, oh boy, that. Well, we it's funny. We just talked up. about this with Keegan, and now our listeners know that you didn't listen to the last episode podcast. Um, but. We did talk about how it's the same story, and they actually did execute it well in Rogue Nation. They did, they did. Mission Impossible, good movies. Uh, without you know, aside from when they did a trilogy, their second movie sucked. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because all of them have had different directors, except for this other one. Yeah, um, which is the same as Rogue Nation. Yeah. But yeah, great. These are, have been very fun movie concepts. I like to see the pattern and things that you and I like. Yeah. We have a very clear, very clear taste. Yes, <laughs> in what we like. Um, but you should, uh, the listeners, you, you should tell us what you thought had been great movie concepts. They don't have to be science fiction. It could be a, a great concept for a romantic comedy. It could be um, we missed more a whole dramatic. Bunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we just got stuck in a lane and we just kept on listing off those. We just movies. started talking about our favorite movies. But look, it's fun. Yeah. So please send your things to say your thing at gmail.com. Say your thing at gmail.com. As always, this has been the Things and Stuff podcast. You can follow me at the Sneath and me at Jeremy underscore one. And you can follow the show at Things Stuff Pod. Uh, remember, write in, please write in. Say your your, your emails, whatever, it, whatever it is. If you want to just tell Jeremy that you love his voice, do it. Say your thing at gmail.com. Things and Stuff posts each and every Monday, so we'll see you here next week. Bye bye. Yeah.